I don't have a strategy really. Like, honestly, I don't put much thought to it. And so sometimes you'll see me post like 17 times a day. Some people probably find me annoying. And then sometimes I'll go like a couple days where I don't post anything because like nothing funny comes to mind. Are you a mom with a story to tell, but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these mums right. Hey moms, it's Jackie. If you're ever feeling like it's just too much, today's guest offers a refreshing reminder that you actually can get a crap ton done if you just stop stressing about it. Marie Still is a mother of four, corporate CEO type, and a thriller author. Her debut novel, We're All Line, is available now for pre-order and will be released in March of 2023 from Rising Action Publishing. Marie also has two other books, Beverly Bonifish is Dead and My Darling, which will be released from Rising Action. Marie has only been writing since 2020, and in addition to the books, she has an amazing Instagram and TikTok presence and is juggling all of this on top of a pretty demanding day job. In today's episode, she shares the secret to her success, taking it in stride and trying to remember to sleep every once in a while. Please welcome Marie Still. Hello, Marie. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. So what are you most excited about right now? Uh, So yesterday I had my cover release. That was pretty exciting. I've been sitting on it since November and I have a very big mouth. So like holding (laughs) secrets to me is like the worst thing ever. And I've learned in publishing, you have to like keep a lot of secrets. So I could finally release that secret. And that was very exciting. So that's like the big thing that that happened this week. What are the secrets you have to keep in publishing without revealing the secrets? Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes you get a deal that you can't talk about it for several months, or sometimes you have, when you're going through the publishing process, you have your book, right? The book and the paperback and the release date. There's all these other things going on, like the audio book and the subsidiary rights and the film and TV rights that are going on behind the scenes And you'll get good news. And it's like the most exciting thing that ever happened to you. And you're like sworn to secrecy. And you're like, dang. But I really want to make an Instagram post about that. But then I get would get in trouble. (laughs) Have you gotten in trouble before? Are you like the Um, Tom? Yeah, sometimes I like toe the line and then ask for uh, forgiveness later. Hmm. I never go over the line, so it's okay. <laughs> like, no, it's fine. I just like hinted. No one knows what I'm talking about. It's fine. <laughs> that is definitely a world unto itself. So you write thrillers. Like, how did you get started? What was your journey into this crazy, wacky world of publishing secrets? Yeah. So I always thought I would be a horror writer, actually. So that's what I grew up when I grew up on Stephen King. And anyone who would listen, I am going to be the female Stephen King when I grow up. Like, that is what I'm going to be. I'm going to write horror. And then 
got my degree in English and then fell into marketing. So hmm. the creative writing kind of shifted to product copy and press releases and things like that. And so when I finally circled back and I'm like, okay, I need to really get back into creative writing and fiction, just all the ideas I had were more thriller, domestic thrillers, mostly because I've kind of shifted my reading and that's what I've been, had been reading for years and years and years. And I just love it. I still have to write a horror horror novel one day. Like it's still a genre that I just absolutely love. I'll come back to that, but I just love like a really good executed or well executed twist. It's just my favorite thing. And my editor at my publisher, she, she can guess like every twist. It drives me insane. So like my goal when I write is to fool her. And I fooled her a couple of times, a couple of times. She's been the only one to pick up on it. And I'm like, how did you get that? No one got that. But the, the well-executed twist, I just think is like the most fun thing to read. I see dead people. I mean, that still haunts me. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I love those twists. What was it, that thing that made you shift from like the, you know, the corporate day job to writing? Like, well, did something happen? No, I think I just finally was like, I'm going to write a book. I finally had a story. I took the time to, to really give it mind space, right? My kids are a little bit older, so I'm not changing diapers. They're uh, bathing themselves. So it gives me a little bit more free time. Um, And so I finally sat down and said, I am going to write a book from start to finish. I had actually started a couple nonfiction books on um, female empowerment in the workplace. I work in a very male dominated industry in consumer electronics as an executive. So that's also a passion of mine is really teaching women how to empower themselves within the workplace. And I mentor a lot of females through their career. I've started a book on nonfiction, but then it it just wasn't my passion, right? Like I I love mentoring women in the workplace, but I'm like, hmm, I don't think this is what I want to do. So I just sat down and a story came to me. I blurted it out in two months. And then had a book. And I was like, whoa, I wrote a book. I should write more books. This was fun. Wow, two months. That's amazing. And so are I, you, do you also have a day job? I do. Yes, I do. I didn't know that. You didn't? I, I hide it well. Yeah, I thought you were just, this is the thriller, Murray. Oh, There's so many years. Yeah, no, I'm executive vice president at a, consumer electronics company. So I run product development, e-commerce. Yeah, that's my that's my day job. What? My mind yeah. is blown here. It's like you're the thriller and you just hit me, threw me a curve. I just see that, that well-executed plot twist. Yeah, because I've watched you on Instagram so much and you're always releasing new books and you're traditionally published. So I just assumed you were like someone who'd just been always writing forever and ever. And that was your career, but you have like double career. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of strange because I love my career. Right. But I also love being an author and I love writing and I love just the community and the publishing industry as a whole. I'm very torn. Like at some point I I'll have to pick. And right now I'm like, there's no chance I'm, I'm going to give up writing books. Like now that I'm in it, I have three books that I've finished that are coming out. 
I have all these concepts on the other side. I, I like, I love my career. I've put my entire life into this as well. So I feel like a crossroads will eventually come. And I'm just like kicking that can down the road and like future Marine can deal with that. But um, at some point, probably I'll have to pick. So how many books have you published so far? Is it three or is that just the recent one? I, I've signed three, so no published books yet. So We're All Lying is the debut, which launches in March. And then I also wrote a suspenseful women's fiction under Kristen Seeley. So that's also launching next year. And then I have My Darlings, where it's my PTO affluent stay-at-home mom serial killer. And that comes out in 2024. Wow. I mean, I feel like you're really killing it pun intended. When did you sit down and decide I'm going to write a novel? So it would have been September of 2020. I went into querying a lot earlier than I should have, right? It was my first book. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And my publisher makes fun of my query letter because I put like 17 genres in my query letter and I'm like, here you go. Oh, really? So the first time querying didn't go so well, but in that time I had written my second book and I had also done a Twitter pitch. So I got 85 rejections on, cause I, I just like queried everyone. I don't have time. I don't have patience to do. They say do like 10 at a time and then wait. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like they're just all going in at once. I don't care if they're bad. So I got one full request and 83 rejections. But then my second book was finished fairly quickly. So probably like within March and I started querying that book. And within two weeks, I had 15 full. So I'm like, okay, all right. I figured this out. Like oh I, my God. I, I took a step back. I learned a lot. And, and now I'm on to something. Wow. Uh, but then I ended up having a call because my publisher found me on a Twitter pitch contest. And she ended up buying both books. I thought I wanted an agent. But then after talking with the publisher, part of my day job that you just learned about is actually <laughs> buying and selling companies. So I actually approached that meeting with the very same uh, mindset. I wanted to know the business plan. I wanted to understand like what their rev- revenue growth model was. And I, I, my career and my goal was kind of like the company I was selling, right? And so it was, what's your vision for this? How are you going to... How are you going to accelerate it? What are you going to do for this? But then also from your business perspective, how are you going to continue to grow your business? And what does your business model look like? And I just absolutely believed in their business model. So I pulled back all of my fulls and just decided to go unagented. And um, that's, and that's my, my querying journey. Whoa, that's insane. So you're just like, I could be an agent too. And... <laughs> Yeah, it really worked out too, because with Rising Action, we actually have a subsidiary rights agent that supports our books. So she's out submitting our books for foreign. We also have a film and TV agent. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of the best of both worlds where I'm unagented for my books to publishers, but I do have agent support and I have a publicist through the publisher as well. Wow. I feel like it could be a third career for you. Right. Yeah. No, no more careers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what a, like a roller coaster ride. 
you wrote your first thriller, sent that out. Mm, no great reception. So you wrote another one, learned some things, maybe took some writing workshops in the meanwhile, yes. sent that one out. And that, that, that one is suddenly getting all this reaction. And you, at the same time, we're doing a, a Twitter pitch. And then that, the Twitter pitch ended up with you connecting with the publisher and boom, but right. three books. Exactly. From you. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, that's so exciting. And 2020, I mean, I feel like that was a magical year. A lot of women decided to take writing up. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why. Yeah, I so think uh, we definitely had a little bit more time at home. Yeah, <laughs> had to find something else to fill the time with. Yeah, yeah. And so, what about your social media? Because again, like that's how I met you is through your Instagram. I feel like you're so confident and posting consistently and many times per day. And you're like really knocking that out of the park. Did you always do that? And so it was an easy transition to author socials. My career actually started in digital marketing before digital marketing was cool. And I'm going to age myself right now. So AOL for the younger generation is how we all used to access the internet. Um, And that was where I started my career in digital advertising. So I was an account manager working with a lot of brands on their media buying and display campaigns. And then I was the director of marketing for AOL. So digital marketing has just been part of my DNA from the very, very beginning. And then obviously evolved as social media and the internet evolved. So it was just natural for me to say, okay, well, I got this book deal. So let's start building an author platform. Mm -hmm. And I really approach it as this is my way to connect with readers and, and to And so people can get to know me as an author versus like as a selling tool. Yeah, I'll post about my books. And of course, when the book comes out, I'll say, you know, you can go pre-sale, you can go buy it for pre-sale or you can buy the book. But it's really more about just being able to connect with, with readers so they can get to know me and build that loyalty, build that trust. So do you have any tips for other authors? Because I know that this is definitely one of those anxiety points. It is. Yeah. And, and I don't have, I don't have a strategy really. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't plan out a content calendar, which to, to like my team running e-commerce, it's like, I want, I want to see your content calendar and I want to see like, where, what's the trends and what, but really it's, I think of something and I like stick my phone to my face and I say something ridiculous. And then I post it out. Like I use a lot of self-deprecating humor. I, I make fun of my kids I make fun of my husband or I use my husband for clout or it's really just kind of like in my head, like out into the world. And I just try and be like myself and authentic. Yeah. And it's crazy because like I'll put together these videos where it's highly produced and I'm doing transitions and they'll get like a couple hundred views and some interaction. But then I'll stand in my bathroom at 1am and be like, one time I got a character pregnant and forgot about it for two years and then got to the end of the book and had to go back and rewrite it. And that one got like 300,000 views and is still going viral. So it's just like the most random things. So I I just try and be me. Yeah. 
I like that. It's a lot of permission. Like you, you don't need to worry about chasing sound trends or doing all the fancy transitions. Yeah. You can, if you want to, because it can be fun, but I like your videos because they're just, yeah, they're pretty simple, but you really yeah. do get a sense of you, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I did one last week because I was like, Marie, just, she just talks to it. She's going to try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, I'll just be walking and be like, oh, that's kind of funny. Hey, I just thought of something funny. Yeah. And like, I don't put much thought to it. And so sometimes you'll see me post like 17 times a day. And it's because I had a lot of funny thoughts. I crack myself up. Some people probably find me annoying. And then sometimes I'll go like a couple of days where I don't post anything because like nothing funny comes to mind or nothing interesting comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But I also like to share like the writing journey because when you're first getting into it, like mm -hmm. you just... Like the you think, okay, I write a book and then I'm going to query an agent. I'm going to get an agent and then I'm going to get published. And it's, and it's like, there's so much behind the scenes that someone, someone brand new, just, it, you just have no idea. Right. And even the, the time period. So when you sign a book deal, there's dev edits and then copy edits. And this is, and then there's eight months of marketing. So this is like a two-year process and nothing is fast in publishing, but then there's also like self-publishing and independent publishers and agent. And, and I think that all of those journeys are like valid and amazing. And so I like to like really support all writers, no matter what their journey to publishing mm -hmm. is. And is there anything about the, traditional publishing process aside from you said like it takes two years any has there anything else about it that surprised you I think what surprised me the most was the book that went into the editing process and the book that came out because I worked with beta readers I worked with critique partners who were all amazing and all had like the best feedback ever but then going into the developmental edit process there were just these ideas and these brainstorms that we had that the editor would say something and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, well, this entire ending's getting changed because you said something that's super cool and now it like has completely sparked a different idea. The book that got pulled out of me from the process, I think has been the most surprising thing. So is it that those professional editors working for publishing houses kind of like next level feedback? Yeah, I don't think it's, it doesn't have to be with a publishing house there. I really recommend if you are a brand new writer, one of, and they say, you know, if you're going to query, don't pay for an editor. And that's true because you are really like, don't get a proofreader, don't do this. But one of the biggest benefits a brand new writer can do is work with a developmental editor because you can take writing classes and you can read writing books. And believe me, I am like obsessed with learning. So I'm constantly signing up for, for webinars and online classes that I sign up for. And I have so many that are like, <laughs> that I'm like, eventually I'm going to take that second class. But, I just signed up and, for and, three. Yeah. I, I just, I can't like, it, it's like, 
it's like an Amazon obsession with me. I shop too much on Amazon and I sign up for writing classes and then craft books, but they're very general, right? So what a developmental editor will do is give you feedback and context that is specific to your writing that you just can never get from a general class. Do you learn a lot from the classes? A hundred percent, but sometimes it's hard to connect A to B. And so a developmental editor from, even if you are going to go traditional publishing, if this is your first novel, it, it really, if you can afford it, it's a really amazing thing. I think that's a good piece of advice. So you have a, you have a lot going on. You have two kids, right? I know I have four. Oh my God. <laughs> what the heck? Four kids, leadership, corporate job, <laughs> and sometimes 11 Instagram reels slash TikToks a day and the book writing. So what's going on? Are you on speed and you just do not sleep? Yeah. So, so I don't sleep a lot when I'm in writing mode. I actually write in the mornings. So I'll set my alarm for about four 30. I get up right about two hours before the kids have to get up and I have um, teenagers. So that's like a, a, a several knock on the door process. The, the younger ones are a little bit easier to get moving. And then I'll write, um, I'll write on the weekends too. So that's amazing. What's the age range of your, your horde of humans? I have 11, 12, 17 and 18. Wow. So, but I think that's also a good reminder because I know a lot of moms when they have kids that are small, but they want to write, they get that like anxiety and fear that I'm never going to be able to write again, but it's a good reminder that look, look how much you're accomplishing. And you just, you waited till, I mean, I guess your youngest was like nine. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like if we have a lot going on or I, if I'm in a big, I'm in a big deal at work or I have a lot going on. I just don't write. Like I don't put word limit counts on myself. I don't put deadlines on myself unless of course it's, um, it's a deadline from the publisher. Right. So if there's a deadline from the publisher, then there's the deadline from the publisher. But when I'm working on a book, if I'm not feeling it or I have like too much going on or I'm not in that headspace, like there's no writing. And usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll try and read in my genre or I'll read a craft book or I'll do, I use Reddit a lot. Like Reddit is like great inspiration for just creepy things and different true crime or I'll like binge watch, you know, ID discovery one weekend. So I'll just not, I'll just not, I'll just not write. I'll do other things that, you know, kind of refill my creative soul. Yeah. Fill the bucket. Wow. Well, I think like what I'm hearing is that you are just making this whole thing seem effortless. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) It's hard. It is hard, but you can't, you have to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm have to take care of yourself and you have to put your family first. My family has to come before my job. My family has to come before writing. And 
I am an absolute workaholic. I actually like have a tattoo for balance to remind me that the work line cannot get longer than the family and self line because oftentimes it does. Because I'll get into a mode where I I will work 24 hours a day and I won't I won't pay attention to my family as much as I should. I won't pay attention to like, you know, eating healthy and all these things. So it is a constant reminder to myself that like you have to balance, otherwise you get burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I would I would imagine that like when you're at that level in your corporate space that is there more pressure to be that workaholic? Yeah, no, you're like on all the time. So there, there's no, there's no putting the email away. There's no, um, there's no, there's no turning off, right? Like you just always have to be available. And my work has always been my hobby. My work has always been my passion. So it's really easy for me. Is that beeping? Are you hearing what beeping? I was trying to figure, where is that coming from? I think it's coming from me. Hold on. Sounds like um, Outlook. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh. Which is which is definitely uh, goes along with what I was saying. Yeah, oh. it's it's almost <laughs> like very metaphorical, isn't it? Right. right. So there is no and like you're constantly. You're, I'm constantly thinking of work. I'm constantly thinking of how am I gonna grow revenue? How am I going to innovate? What, what product categories do I want to go into? Um, so there's no turning off of this brain, but I have to physically when I'm, when I have kids who need me, or I have like family that needs me, I need to tell myself like, this is more important and you need to put work aside and work will be there. Like I am not curing cancer. I am making products. I am making consumer electronics products. If that email doesn't get answered within the next hour, it will be okay. Uh, but it definitely is an in, in internal battle that I go through and I've always been through. Do you think writing has helped you set boundaries? It's just been really fulfilling. It definitely has made me step back out of kind of like that corporate rat race and really balance like what's important to me, what really, what really drives me. And, and I think in that way, it definitely has added balance, but then of course it, it takes away from family time. So I have to be really cognizant of that, which is why I try and set, if I'm in the middle of work writing, I try and wake up early. I try and set my writing hours outside of family time, but I think it's helped me have a more well-rounded life outside of just like career, 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 career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's allowing you to express that creative side that maybe you didn't attend to for a long time because you're focused on like, all right, corporate copy. Yeah. Marketing. Yeah. And when you, like when you're a marketing manager and you're working on ad campaigns, like you get to do a lot of fun, creative stuff, but when you move into um, the executive role, which is 
running product and running e-commerce and running like a retail division, it's spreadsheets. Like you are not doing the fun stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. So having, so I lost that part of my job, right? Like the further I moved up. So having, getting back into a creative space is is really, it's a great place for me. Like I, I just have to be creative in some way. Mm -hmm. And can you think now compare yourself to before 2020 to now, like, can you see different ways that you feel like you changed? Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure. Um, Because I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent thinking about work all the time. I'm still very dedicated to my company and my job and my career, but it's just not, it's not taking over my entire headspace and my entire life. I've had insomnia like my entire life. And I actually, like, I don't have to take my medication as much because I'm not sitting in bed, like going through numbers and thinking about work all the time. Like my brain is like slowed down, right? Because I've just found a better balance. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. My previous sleep theory was confirmed. (laughs) But yes, yes, I uh, definitely am diagnosed with insomnia. And if I don't take my medication, I'll be up for like four days and then sleep for like maybe a day. But I, it's, yeah. Wow. I've always had that. And I'm a really weird sleeper too. So I'll sleepwalk and like sleep talk and do just like weird, strange things in my sleep. So, Oh my God. Can your husband post a video of that next time? I don't do it anymore, but my youngest does. And I actually have tons of videos of it's so strange to walk up like wide awake. And then you start talking and I'm like, Oh wait, you're asleep. And it's just whole conversations but like she's talking about gibberish and then she'll just be like, okay, I'm done. And then go back to sleep. So she um, apparently has inherited my weird sleep schedules and sleep stuff. Uh, Nice. Thanks mom. (laughs) But it makes for some good videos. (laughs) I did see one. I was really impressed. Um, I'm sure you're going to use that in one of your books one day. Yeah. Yeah. So what would your advice be to the version of you who, um, before you'd started this journey or, or when you first started, like not too deep into it? Yeah, I think that one of the, um, one of the things I did not do before I sat down and wrote a book, I just sat down and wrote a book. I'm like, I read books. I have a degree in English. I'll just write a book. Um, before really studying the craft and I probably would have moved some of that craft studying before I sat down and started and then also finding, finding a community of writers. Cause they're so easy to find, right? Twitter is so, so welcoming in the writing community. There's Facebook groups, there's Reddit groups, there there's Instagram. There's like, it's so easy to to break into the writing community. It's not this really like clicky when we are standing outside like Twitter, when I first, cause my Twitter was always a marketing page. 
and I'm like kind of scrolling through writers and I'm like, oh, but they all seem like they're like best friends already. How do I become, do you want to be my friend? But like, it's so welcoming, right? Yeah. And writers are just so willing to answer any question. And now that I'm further in my journey and I have book deals, I have writers writing me all the time and I see why, because I'm like, so happy to help someone who's like, I have no idea how to query, or I have no idea where to start with my book. And being able to help someone who's at the beginning of their journey is like really fulfilling, right? So um, I think that finding the community of writers that is very, very supportive, leaving the ones, because there can be some Facebook groups that are a little bit toxic, as soon as I joined a couple and as soon as I saw that the, the feedback was just not uplifting or positive, like I quickly left. So finding the right community that's more supportive, whether you're on your 17th book or whether you're just starting and don't know like where to start. I think those are the two things that I think I would have done a little bit early. I, I learned very quickly that I needed to learn more. So I dove into uh, craft books and, and classes, but I probably would have done that first. I would have had a lot less single tears sliding down cheeks and breaths that people didn't know they were holding and things like that. I, I still have this one line from one of my, my book that her, her lips were like, I compared them to Angelina Jolie. And then um, I was at this writer's conference and this, my writer, that page got pulled out for reading on the stage by like this literary author. And then he read that part out loud and all the people, um, they voted my manuscript off the stage. <laughs> no. I was like, yeah, probably comparing a character's facial features to a Hollywood movie star. It's a little bit lazy. It's a little cliche. Uh. <laughs> it was fairly mortifying, but we learn the hard ways, right? Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes we do have to learn our lessons the hard ways. Yeah. yeah. So where can people catch up with you? I am, as we talked about, I'm super active on Instagram. Marie still writes active on TikTok under the same name. Marie still writes. Um, those are the two places that I hang out the most. I'm on Twitter as, as Marie still, but um, Instagram is really my happy place. I love the group and uh, I love the audience there. TikTok, I get sucked in and like, Four hours later, I'm like, oh my God, I'm still watching TikTok videos, uh, but it's still a super cool place. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I hang out the most. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, it was great chatting with you. I hope that episode inspired you about what truly is possible. Here are the top takeaways. Number one, Twitter contests are a great way to avoid the query queue and connect with a publisher directly. Number two, you can go unagented into a book deal, but just make sure that you talk to someone like Marie, who knows a crap ton about contracts. Number three, don't stress about your Instagram strategy. You don't need a plan. You don't even need a plaque. Just start sharing the wonderful uniqueness and weirdness that is you. 
Number four, one of the best investments you can make aside from reading craft books and taking classes is paying for a developmental editor. Number five, if you don't feel like writing, then take a break from it and fill your creative well with other things. And number six, most important of all, is to find a writing community where you feel uplifted and inspired. And we will post some links to writing community suggestions, including our These Moms Write Facebook group in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. If you can rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would really help me bring more great authors like Marie. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.